even in serving, you could have the wrong heart. And it's a heart attitude, right? Because if you're serving somebody with the idea that you're gonna get a reward now, ultimately it's gonna, you're gonna get tired of doing that because you're not really serving them, you're serving yourself. Exactly. But Jesus gave us the perfect example of going down, being brought low so that God would exalt him for the joy set before him. Yeah, he gave him the name that's above all names. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Corey O'Neill. I'm here with Brian Elmer and our lead pastor, Joe Source. And this is the Lift It Up podcast. This is a place where we add value to your life from the Word of God. Because I mean, honestly, we, we really believe that the best place to add value to your life is right here from the Scriptures. And so today, the topic that we're talking about is the way up is down. So what we mean by that is, you know, a lot of times we think that the way up is up. You know, the, the, the way to building my life up, the way to, to gain promotion in life, the way to do that is to go what I think is up, to build my life up. And so you see that, that principle play out in the Old Testament, in the story in Genesis. You may, you may have heard of the Tower of Babel. You know, a bunch of people who were getting tired of obeying God decide, you know what, we're going to build a tower. We're going to try to reach God ourselves. We're going we're gonna to actually try to reach the heaven and build ourselves up, build our lives up. And so you never, you never hear anything about the Tower of Babel. It's because they thought that the way up was up. But in reality, the way to promotion in life, the way to be exalted by God in our lives is actually by going down. And we're going to talk about what that means. And so, but you know, that story from the Tower of Babel, that's an Old Testament story, but that's relatable. Right. But not only that, but even as you're talking about that and realizing to myself, wait a second, this takes place after the flood. You think they would have learned their lesson. Yeah. You think they would have learned like, wow, we can't, we've got to obey God because look what happened just a few generations ago, you know, at their time. And yet, Again, that overwhelming um, desire, that urge on the inside to get to a certain place. And, you know, it all centers around a man named Nimrod, who really doesn't have a great reputation as it is. Yeah. But that introduces mankind into this concept of just step on whoever you need to, to get where you feel like that's your place of satisfaction. Yeah. And man, it's, it's gotten so much worse all these thousands of years later yeah. That's kind of like almost a common thing. I mean, there's actual, on the corporate level, they actually teach these things. They teach how to just be ruthless and do whatever you have to do. If it costs you your family, if it costs your marriage, if it costs a relationship, if it costs your health, just keep doing that. And greed, we, greed is good. Greed that's, is good. <laughs> and that's horrible. Um, it's a horrible way to live, and it never ends well. No. Never ends well. We all know stories about people who did that all their lives. They left a ton of money. But they were the most miserable people in the world, and their families suffered for it, relationships suffered for it. Um, we can't be that guy. We can't, we can't end up that way. And uh, again, we've talked about this, uh, Brian, because you, you came out of a corporate background. Mm -hmm. It almost always ends up in some type of bondage and some right. type of slavery, mm -hmm. either to substance abuse or behavioral addictions and gambling and, and just lifestyles of just constantly spending money. And there's very little contentment there, mm -hmm. very little self-satisfaction. 
And it's like, what are we doing? So I think it's important what we're talking about today because we want our listeners, we want our people to, to, we want ourselves not to fall into those things and to take the lower road, take the, the path of humility that always works out. I don't know of anybody that's ended up worse because he became too humble. Right. It's always the best way to go. And it's a great way. And your lives are kind of um, um, a testimony to this of how you both have maintained. I've watched this. I've watched you guys over the years. You both have maintained the freedom that you attained in Jesus, in Christ, by throwing yourselves into other people's lives, caring for others. I, I know of times when you've driven an hour to go pick somebody up to bring them to a meeting or bring them to a church or, and, and you've done the same thing. I mean, your life is, your, both of your lives are uh, service. There's servants' hearts that are exemplary. And I think that's what we need to, that's the value that we want to add to people's lives today. Not only we're stirring each other up, we're, you know, I'm encouraged by your testimonies. I'm encouraged as I watch you guys uh, not putting yourselves at the center of things. And it follows along with Jesus. I mean, this is his, this is his attitude. This is his lifestyle. This is his mentality. This is the way like we say today, this is the way he rolls. He always put everybody else first. Yeah. And so um, I want to go to that scripture in John. Um, I love talking about the gospel of John because there's so much, there's such richness here. There's so many truths that are presented to us. And uh, this is just before uh, we get into the Last Supper in John 14 through John 17. In John chapter 12, Jesus is having a conversation. And um, at some point it shifts. And Jesus, uh, as it's recorded for us in, in verse 23, but Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. What is he saying? It's time for me to go up. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good way to look at it. But he's not, in natural terms, the path he's going to follow from this point forward, none of us would, would consider this would consider this a good thing. Yeah. He's yeah. saying, it's time for me now to go down, mm-hmm. way down. He's not building a tower he's, of Babel. He's not building a tower of Babel, no, no. He's, he's preparing. I don't think it's so much he's preparing himself for the cross. He's preparing them for the cross. Because they're going to see the cross as a complete failure. They're gonna see him going to the cross. It's like, what's going on? You're you're the Messiah. You're supposed to be taking over, you're supposed to be throwing the Romans out. You're supposed to take over your throne in Jerusalem. This is your time to shine. Yeah, they're waiting for the kingdom. They're waiting (laughs) for the kingdom. And he's he's like, the kingdom is coming, but right now I've got to take care of your salvation. And in order for me to do that, the way up, is down. Yeah, because we see the way down as failure. We see this we failure. See and the they saw this failure. Yeah. People all throughout history have seen the cross as failure. And honestly, it's not until we have the Holy Spirit living inside us that we recognize the value of the cross. That if he didn't go, if he didn't allow himself to be down. And he and he he's pretty much laying out the strategy right here. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. And they must have said to themselves, wait a second, you just talked about being glorified. This is your time to be glorified. What do you mean? What 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 is this illustration yeah. you're using here? He's such a good teacher, though. Oh, it's amazing. Uh let me, let me start from the beginning, verse 24. Most assuredly I say to you, in other words, listen to this, guys, because this is the ultimate truth I'm giving you right now. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, 
it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. In other words, you want to be the center of it? You want to be the big shot? You want to be, you want to be the driving force in your own life? You're going to lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And he goes on to say, now look at verse 26. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. So there's, there's honor that comes when we are willing to take a step back in our own life. We're willing to even sub, submit ourselves to a plan of God that in the, might not look really good in the beginning. And Jesus knows he's supposed to go to the cross. I can't see how he would have looked at it other than what it tells us later that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And see, that's the problem. A lot of us don't see the joy in a cross experience. A lot of us don't see the joy in a, I like to use the term death walk. A lot of us don't see that as joyful. We don't see the joy in it because we don't really know who we're going to be when we come out on the other side of this death walk. Jesus is trying to tell them, don't be afraid to have to submit yourself to things that are uncomfortable. Don't be afraid if you have to take a path that you didn't think you were going to have to. Don't be afraid. And then later on, he tells them, look, you know, if they hated me, they're going to hate you because they associate you with me. Mm-hmm. And so, again, we're not here today to promote suffering. None of us want to suffer. But, you know, it doesn't have to be suffering. It can be joy. There's joy. He said, if you serve my father's going to honor you. And I've seen that's a common denominator in both of your lives. Mm-hmm. You chose to serve because I think you got a glimpse that in service, there's freedom. Amen. Yeah. You know, you taught about this a while ago, a little while ago, about the whole idea, the concept of being a bond servant. Most people would not consider being a bond servant, being tied to one specific person's life for the rest of their life as a place of honor, yet the scriptures present that. Yeah. I I think at a certain point, I've come to the conclusion, and and, and I know you've come to the same conclusion, at a certain point, I've come to the conclusion that there is more freedom in being of service to God and being of service to my fellows. Absolutely. Than living according to my own Uh, lack of constraints, I would say. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. There's more freedom in living in service than just being on my own schedule, my own agenda, my own time, my own way, my own method. I I, I notice in verse verse 25, this phrase jumped out at me, and I don't know if I ever noticed that it was here, but it says, the one who loves his life loses it, and the one who hates his life in this world, in this world, we'll keep it to eternal. I, I, I never that never really jumped out of me that that phrase. That says in this world. Yeah, I, I think the idea there is to hate in comparison to. Yeah. Not so much to hate my life because I just hate my life. All of us have said that at some time, especially when you're a teenager. You know what's about? I hate my life. Okay, but it's a hating my life in comparison. The life that I have in the world, mm-hmm. I hate it compared to what my life is like in the kingdom. Yeah. And what it could be like. Yeah. And I think that's a lesson that 
man, if we could all learn early on how much grief and how much suffering and how much pain would we would, would we spare others? Never so much, I'm not talking about so much us, yeah. but we would spare others. Yeah. Brian, you, you you and I worked the same job before we started working here. Yes, we did. We had now I, I had the job that you took over when I got fired. Yeah. So here, so here, you know, we're, we're talking about the way up is the way down. Um, I, I would consider where Brian and I are now, I would consider where we are now as an up kind of thing. We came out of a down kind of thing when we worked the job that we had. And it's not that the job in itself was bad. It was just our perception of it. Like, you know, God planted us there. So what it was is we were, we were stacking sodas for a soda company. Now I was a, I was a year graduated out of college in 2015 and I'm stacking sodas on shelves at ShopRite and Stop and Shop and Food Town and all these places. Okay. So, you know, real. Not what you went real, to college for. Right. Yeah. You don't need a college degree to do that. Uh, and I got fired because I stunk at the job. <laughs> Brian took over. Uh, and he, he at the time, he, you had had a lot of experience in, in finances and, right. and, and, and in the, you know, the finance world. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we, we could have been like, What's going on? Like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I am done with this way of life. If I run off and do my own thing, I might be able to get some more success. But I think God planted us there. Would you say that God had us right where we needed to be to, to, to begin that process of working on our character? Because I know I got that job right, right around the same time that I became a Christian. I, I really think that God uses... Um, can use these situations that aren't exactly favorable, like, mm -hmm. like a job that we don't like to be in, but as a stepping stone to build our character so that we can, so that I can handle, so that you can handle working here. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think, I think working at that job, um, taught me the value, not that I didn't know it before, but once I had come to know Christ, the value of, of hard work and more importantly, working unto the Lord because working for that job. You remember stacking sodas, it was yeah. hot, it was really cold, we worked long hours, there was a lot of physical work, and you could have gotten down. And you could have said, I'm not getting paid enough, um, I don't know if you liked our boss, but- This, is, this I, isn't what I signed up right, for. Right, exactly. And so I started to live out the idea of, of working unto the Lord. Yeah. And then I remember, because you were talking about this idea of servitude, and this like, when you serve, your life becomes better. I remember talking to Jack, somebody we both know, and on certain days, I would complain about my job. And he would say, call somebody else and see how they're doing. And ultimately, I would call somebody else and ask them how their day was going. Yeah. And something really bad or even tragic had happened. They had lost their job. Or a friend had, had gotten sick or a friend had died or they were going some, through something that I wasn't going through. And ultimately, I realized this, that my life is not as bad as I think it is <laughs> because somebody's going through something worse. And the gratitude part of that was I have a job, I have some money in my pocket, I have a place to live, and I'm better off than some other people. And it's not only that, it's not only just, just knowing that, that your, your life is as bad as some others, but you also have some experience to help others with. I, I, I think that's the one thing, like, so not only could we say, like, okay, it could be worse, not only that, but we, we also have something inside of us that, that we can share, that we can use to in some way relieve somebody else's life. And so, well, what, what's, what's the benefit of that? Well, this is the, this is the pattern that Jesus took. Mm -hmm. This you is got, the life. You guys had to allow yourself to be planted. 
Yes. You guys had to allow yourselves to become seed for the future. Mm-hmm. Now, you could have fought that. God wouldn't have made you stay there. He honors your choice if you want to make the choice, but you made the right choices. Right. And I don't think you've both seen everything that came out of that season. I think you'll see more of it in the future that you'll be able to trace back. Yeah. But there's got to be a willingness. Yes. It has to be a willingness. By the way, when I got fired from that job, I, it was kind of dry. Whatever. I, I could say, yeah. So I got fired because I, I stunk at stacking sodas on shelves, right? Because I'm so smart from what I learned in college. <laughs> I get fired. And I was like, well, I don't really have a whole lot to do during the day right now because I'm not working. I could show up to the food pantry and start serving. You know, I, I didn't know that I was actually bypassing the, the process that we have in place uh, of signing up for volunteering, but because I, I didn't know any, any of that. I was just like, I'm going to see if I could maybe go to the food pantry and see if I can help. I, I don't know. What else am I going to do? Um, and they, they, just, they just took me on. They let me help out. Yeah. And it was awesome. I got, I got to hang out with, with the other people who were serving and got, and got to know uh, Jay, when, when he was when he was working in that area in the mm-hmm. food pantry, it was great. It, it was so much better. It would have been so much better. It would have been worse if I just sat home and yeah. just be mad about the fact that oh I'm a year out of college. I can't even I can't even stack sodas right. Look at me like no I that 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 is the way down because the seed but belongs that, in the ground. Yeah. If you stayed home, it would be like taking a seed and just putting on the, on this table here. Right. A seed can't do anything without mm-hmm. soil. It just stays the way it is. It yeah. abides alone, like Jesus said. So whether it was soil at your job or whether it was soil in the food pantry, you were allowing yourself to be to be buried, to be planted, so that the seed can break forth. And, and really what God has planned for you on the inside can't come out until you're willing to submit yourself to that soil. Yeah, and, and other people could be soil too. You can You can invest, you can plant seed in somebody else's life. And it's funny in verse 26 of that of that um, of that chapter in John, it says, if anyone serves me, this is Jesus talking. If anyone serves me, let him follow me and where I am there, my servant will be also. But Jesus isn't here on earth. So who or who or how do we serve Jesus? We serve our fellow man. We serve each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said, you know, if you did it to them, you did it to me. Right. But do we always see the people in our lives? as Jesus sees them? Do we see them as an opportunity to, ser- to serve Jesus? Or do we see the people in our lives or the situations in our lives as burdensome? Yeah. Oh, I gotta, I gotta help my mom with the groceries. Or uh, <laughs> I'm not married, but I can imagine, oh, my wife wants me to mow the lawn or, or, or plant, plant plants. And you're like, I have other things I, I would rather do. I have other things that I would rather do. But Jesus doesn't yeah. say do the things that you wanna do. He says, serve me. Yeah, and, and I think, like obviously with everything in the word of God, there's, there's always a balance. And there is a, there are certain times where we got to draw a boundary and be like, look, I, I can't do this. And it's not even out of being selfish, but it, it's out of, um, you, you know, I, I can't burn out because I'm not going to be useful to anybody. So there is a line, but then there's also where you can go too far with that uh, and, and, and use that uh, as an excuse. Um, I, I think you got to find that line of like where, you you are serving and it's and it's not serving to burn out but it's it's laying your life down when, when it's when it's led by the spirit when it's led by love um it's a matter of taking yourself out of the center yeah 
it's a matter of taking yourself out of out of well, what about me? How's this going to benefit me? And what's in it for me? It's a, it's a matter of taking that mindset completely out of our everyday life and just saying, look, I'm here. Uh, even out of gratitude for the Lord, yes. I'm going to serve. Okay. And I know that can get out of hand sometimes, but usually when it gets out of hand, it's because somebody's agenda is not right. When it's done with a pure heart, mm -hmm. it always pays off. When it's done with the heart of gratitude towards the Lord, it's always going to bring honor to him. Even as Jesus said right. in that next, that next verse of scripture there. Um, I want to, I want to direct this to another portion of scripture. I think this is going to help uh, in Galatians chapter six. Mm -hmm. Let's just jump right into verse eight. For he who sows to his flesh, you know, it says his flesh. Not the other verse of scripture usually says the flesh. Mm -hmm. he, he's, it, the Holy Spirit's making it really personal here. For whoever sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Now, reap corruption. So that doesn't mean the person's going to hell. It means that while we're living here, we're not living the best life that we could be living right now. Right. We're not benefiting anybody else. And sometimes we're not even benefiting ourselves. Mm -hmm. We reap corruption. There's something spoiled. Something is tainted. Something is, is, is going bad. Okay. But, is, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And uh, I wanted us to make sure that we talked about this here. That, that everlasting life doesn't mean that you're gaining your salvation. It's talking about experiencing the benefits of we could put it this way, the next life, experiencing it now. Mm -hmm. You know, we have the ability to experience heaven here, okay? We don't have to wait until we die physically. Yeah. You know, we can have heaven on earth here. If you can we also live. have hell on earth. You can also have hell. I think we experience a lot more hell on earth yeah. than we do experience heaven. All right, so, so then it goes on to say, verse 9, now it comes down to the serving part. And I, think, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's tied to sowing, investing, yeah. depositing, Okay. And let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Okay. Losing heart on that job. Okay. All right. You guys stuck it out as much as you could. Mm -hmm. God had a different plan for you or another plan for you or a continuation of that. So let us not grow weary in, while doing well for in due season. That's where people get messed up. They don't wait for due season. Right. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. Look, it's all tied together. Verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do what? Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Okay, what's he saying here? He's saying, bottom line is, as much as you have an opportunity, go serve somebody. Pour yourself into somebody else's life. Right. Be willing to be there for that and not, not as a burden, okay? Um, especially to those of the household of faith, let us do good. He's talking about serving, but he's saying when you serve, you're sowing to the spirit instead of sowing to your flesh. When we refuse to serve, like I have better things than I want to do. Mm -hmm. I have other things that I want to do. We're, we're not taking an opportunity to serve. I despise having to unload the dishwasher. I hate doing it. But I don't want to leave my wife with the responsibility, okay? So I'll push myself. And so usually when I do that, it's going to be first thing in the morning. When I have the, not only the physical energy, but when I'm like, I just spent time with God. Yeah. So how do I not do this, you know? Yeah. 
So I'll purposely, but I despise doing it to the point where I'll try to grab as many cups as possible at the same time. So I don't have to walk over across the other side of the kitchen. So, so sometimes I'm not doing it with the right heart. I just want to get it over with. And then there's other times when I literally force myself to go, take your time, do this the right way. Mm-hmm. Don't drop something on the, on the kitchen floor so it doesn't break or you don't damage the floor, stuff like this. Because I want, to, I want my wife, when she comes down, oh, you, you unloaded the dishwasher already. I would have done it. I said, yep, but it's already taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then even worse, uh, I'll load the dishwasher with the garbage that's in the sink that got left over from the night before because right. we were too tired <laughs> to do it. It's those little things. Yeah. It's the little things. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's not so much that you're doing it to benefit the other person. You're doing it to make your flesh know, hey, I'm in charge here, not you. Yes. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put you down. From, from my spirit, I'm, I'm, you're going to line up with what the spirit says, mm-hmm. and the spirit's always going to line up with what this says. And so we should not grow weary while doing good, because in due season, we're going to reap. Well, mm-hmm. for him to mention reaping, then we're talking about investing. We're talking about sowing into somebody else's life. And um, I've seen you guys do that a lot. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that whole concept now. Again, I don't think it's any secret. You guys have shared your testimonies before. You come from a recovery background. Talk about the effect that that's had. How has that helped you? Um, because I hate to put it this way, but I think we've talked about this before. I don't know that a person could get into the position of needing recovery if they weren't in a position of being self-centered and self, just mm-hmm. you know, self-serving. Yeah. And it just seems like it goes with the territory. So it only makes sense that the way to undo that, the way to snap that chain, the way to break that cycle would to be, would be purposely not putting yourself in a position of being self-centered and uh, self-serving. Right. I think you hit it on the head before when you were talking about being self-serving and when you had mentioned in the corporate world, like doing everything you can to promote yourself, because I had, I had a lot of experience doing that. And um, what I found was by only caring about myself and trying to promote myself in my job and promote myself in my personal life and caring about my own advancement and not really paying attention to the people in my life, what I found was this, is that I started to become more alone, more alone, and more alone. And the stuff that I had acquired in my life wasn't helping me anymore. And then all of a sudden, I get really heavily into into drugs and alcohol. And now I need people, and there's nobody around me. Wow. You're fulfilling that scripture that Jesus dies. If he does not die in the ground, he abides alone. And I found myself all alone. And now, and now I'm at the point where I'm no longer seeing myself as this, this prominent person. I'm not full of pride anymore in the sense that I think that I'm better than everybody else. But I fall into, into something worse, in my opinion, and that's the victim mentality. And now not only is it that I'm in this bad place, but it's everybody else's fault because they're not helping me. Um, I was dealt a bad hand in life because, for in my case, like if my dad was around, maybe I would have turned out better. Um, but I have this victim mentality where this stinks, my life's never going to get better, and I just fall deeper and deeper and deeper into self-centeredness and selfishness, and it fuels my desire to isolate even more. And I believe it's in First Peter, right, where it says, 
the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. I don't know if you watch the animal planet or not, but when the animals are in the herd, um, the lion's less likely to strike. But it's when you separate from the, the stragglers. herd. Always goes for the stragglers. And that's where I found myself. I found myself completely separated. I was weakened. And I had nobody around me to help me. And the devil got me to the point where I literally wanted to take my own life. Yeah. I don't know if that happened to you, Corey. Yeah. Um, so I, I can relate to a lot of what you share. I, I think our, my story and your story from back in our, in our old lifestyle I think our stories look very different on paper, like different bullet points, mm -hmm. but it's the same story, same picture, different bullet points. Different, I, different I would details. say, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's the story of hyper focus on self, mm. hyper focus on what I need, hyper focus on what what's in it for me, what other people are doing for me. It's almost like a usury mentality. It's, People are in yeah. your life so that you can use them to get where you want to go. Not only that, but the more you put attention on yourself and your needs, the more you need. Oh, yeah. wow. You're never yeah. satisfied. Yeah. Because you're concentrating on yourself so much and you need more. You need more. You need I want more attention from this person. I want more things. I want more money. I want more acclaim. I want more power. I want more status. It it's it's a horrible thing mm -hmm. because it never ends well. Right. Never whatsoever. So the the idea is to take your eyes off of we, for us to take our eyes off of ourselves, so that we kind of neutralize that thing or kind of cut that wire, mm -hmm. because it just keeps self perpetuating. Yeah, and, and it, it for me and, and I know for you and maybe for a lot of people, because I know I know not everybody who's watching or listening has the experience of of recovery or, or addiction. Some do, some don't. I think. A lot of times it, it starts off with, with some pain, mm -hmm. either great pain or, or, or small pain. Uh, the pain of realizing that, man, all, all this focus on self, all, all this focus on, on my life <coughs> isn't actually serving me. The, the, no. the thing I'm going, I'm, I'm trying to go up, but I, but I think that the way to get up is up. And... I, I think we really experience the pain. Sooner or later, we realize that 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 hurts. That there that there is a pain that comes with that. It's not a good pain. And that, that I think that's the pain, is a place where you, you often need to start where you where you where you realize where when you repent, mm -hmm. and you realize okay, I'm going to focus on somebody else. And right. it's not even just to get, but it's because. It, it seems like this is the way that I was designed all along mm -hmm. to right. focus on other people. I think that's really what it is. God designed, God designed us to multiply. Right. And then you have that like aha moment where you start to serve people. Yeah. Whether let's be honest, you may not be doing it out of the purest of heart. You may be doing it because you just, you need to do everything that you've never done before. But at some point through serving, you start to build the heart for serving. Oh yeah. And then I don't know how to explain this naturally, but you wind up through serving others, your life actually gets better. Yeah. And I think it's in Proverbs. I think it's in Proverbs 10 where it says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to yeah. it. And that rich isn't just material yeah. stuff. Right. It's, it's your soul. It's your, it's yeah. your joy of the Lord. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain that to somebody naturally other than the blessing of God. But by serving other people, 
you have this sense of peace, this sense of joy, this sense of blessing that you can never attain serving yourself solely. I think the only way to explain it naturally is just by Jesus' example that that we just read. Because I, I can't think of any other way to explain it because it makes no sense. I think that's why Jesus chose this this example, this parable of the the seed that dies. It's the way up is down. Yeah. So I and I and I really think that that's a reason why. And I know I, I've talked about this before. How in, in the beginning of the Bible, I think it's in the first chapter, God's saying stuff about seeds. He 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 gives a principle about seeds that there's going to be seeds that reproduce after their own kind. Mm. Seed time and harvest. Yeah. Mm. I, I think really, I really believe that there are two mindsets at play in the world, the Tower of Babel mindset and the seed mindset, the multiplication mindset. I, I think uh, we miss the, the, the reality that, that God is a God about multiplication. Right. Right. I think it ties right into the scripture here in Philippians in chapter two. Um, verse three says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, in other words, in humility, let each esteem others better than themselves. In order for you to, for, in order for me to serve you, I have to esteem you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to esteem you better than myself. You're worthy of me serving you. Right. Okay. Then goes on to say, verse four: Let each of you look out not for only his own interests, but also for the interests of others. You know, it's interesting because Paul wrote to Timothy and said, "I have nobody else like." Or he's, he's talking to one of the churches, and he's talking about Timothy. And he said, I have nobody else like this guy. He doesn't look out for his own interests. He looks out for the interests of others. Isn't it interesting that he made it a qualification for ministry, that a person wouldn't be self-centered, that a person wouldn't be, and yet we know so many people today, self-centeredness is ridiculous, self-promotion, all this other stuff. But Paul said, I, got, I have nobody else like-minded like him that he cares for others more than he cares about himself. And so it ties right in here. And then it goes on. Uh, he said, it, it said to you, let me read verse four again. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. That should be a primary motive in our life. Verse, verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. So we're reading this scripture and we're saying, okay, so Paul is saying, look, I recognize we don't normally think this way. This isn't usual for us. It's not automatic for us. Because if it was automatic, he wouldn't have to say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay? Who being in the form of God, did not consider it a robbery to be equal with God. Now, that's a little tricky phrase there. What he's saying is, Jesus knew he's God. Okay? But he didn't hold on to that. He didn't cling to it. He didn't grab it and go, hey, I'm God. You got to do what I tell you to do. He didn't hold on to that. Verse 7, but made himself. We have to make ourselves. Nobody else can do that for us. We have to make ourselves uh, do what? He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. Isaiah said 700 years before, when he shows up, there's not going to be anything special about him. Mm-hmm. He's going to blend right into the crowd. He's going to be one of those faces that doesn't stand out. And I think that was intentional. But made himself of no reputation, taking, excuse me, the form of a bondservant. He took that form. He chose to become a servant. He chose the way down. He chose to serve others. 
and in coming in the likeness of men. And he made himself. And being found in appearance as man, even though he, he's God, mm -hmm. but he found being found in appearance, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, that statement there, the death of the cross, that means a little bit to us. But to them in that culture, for somebody to choose the path that's going to lead to the cross was absolutely unthinkable because mm -hmm. it was the most shameful the most scandalous, the most, you, you only sent the worst degenerates to the cross. So this spoke volumes to the people of that day. Right. He made himself of no reputation. He took on the form of a servant. He did it intentionally. And this is exactly what he was talking about in John chapter 12 when he said, unless a kernel of wheat, unless a seed, goes into the ground and dies, it abides alone. It never produces the potential that he has. None of us would produce the potential that was deposited in us when we were created by God unless we get to that point of being willing to be a servant, to be willing to put ourselves aside. And so it's so important for us to keep ourselves humble. It's so important for us to make ourselves of no reputation, purposely, intentionally, part of a strategy of life, like, I recognize this is the path I'm going to have to take. Yeah. And, and the Word of God tells us that, that Jesus went to the cross, the cross because of the joy set before him. Exactly. He endured the shame. He endured the hurt. He endured the, the abuse that the he... The humiliation. The humiliation because of the joy set before right. him. Right. And I think he sometimes... there was a payoff at the end. Right. But, but even the payoff is not for him. Right. The payoff is for us. So it's like the ultimate sacrifice. Right, and I think, and I think when you look at this for us individually, we could look at what we do one of two ways, right? Because even in serving, you could have the wrong heart. You could be looking for your own reward now, or your reward in heaven. And it's a hard attitude, right? Because if you're serving somebody with the idea that you're going to get a reward now, you're going to serve somebody to get something back. Ultimately, it's going you're going to get tired of doing that. Because you're not really serving them, you're serving yourself. Exactly. But Jesus gave us the perfect example of going down, being brought low so that God would exalt him for the joy set before him. Yeah. He gave him the name that's above all names. And that came because of his obedience. That mm -hmm. came because of his willingness to take the low road, to take to, to be that seed that was planted in the ground. Yeah. You said, you said something <clears throat> before that really just triggered something in me when you said we, we miss out on, on the potential that we could be yeah. When, we, when we don't plant ourselves, when we don't put ourselves in the ground and die, so to speak, die to ourselves, we really do miss out on the potential of what yeah. we could be, what we could produce. Now, when we stay up, when we stay above the ground, and what, what I mean by that is uh, li living by my own right. itinerary living, living that's, that's not going to really right. serve anybody, not really throw myself, in, myself into the life of others. When, when I do that, when I stay above ground, mm -hmm. I can't produce some stuff. No, we you can. can't. You can't. But it's not, well, what we're producing is not what God calls fruit. See, mm -hmm. like we, we, we produce, when we live above the ground, when we just try to go up so that we can get up, live the world's way, yeah, we can make some stuff happen. But it, it, it's nothing eternal. It's nothing with eternal value. It's nothing that, that God calls uh, our potential. Right. We're not reaping everlasting life like that yeah. scripture that we read. We could reap things that look nice in the world, right. but right. that's not what, what we're after. But they have no eternal value. Yeah. And eternal value is never in things. Eternal value is always in people. 
Right. And I think and I and I think the word potential, if you would have asked me seven, ten years ago, I would have told you I hated that word. I had coaches, I had bosses, I had family members who always told me I had potential, right? You could be this, you could do that. And I can never met, meet those expectations because I was always trying to do it in my own strength. And it was exhausting. And I think when you when you come to Christ, you start to by serving, by by reading the word, by spending time alone with God, you start you start to walk in your purpose. And that's not just in ministry or in your vocation. Your purpose is to serve one another. Absolutely. And in doing things that are aligned with your purpose and doing the word, you that potential word no longer becomes a bad word. Because now you could start to reach your potential, but you're doing it under the guidance of God and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I could do all things through Christ, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to do anything by myself. Yeah. But with Christ, I can do all things pertaining to the will of God and the purpose for my life and the calling that he's put on my life. And it's not just my life, right? We Each of us have a calling. We influence each other. Yeah. Each other, yeah. yeah. When we, influ- we influence each other's potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, we influence each other's future. And so when we're not, when we're not willing to take the low road, when we're not willing to be planted, we're not only shortchanging ourselves and short-circuiting ourselves, we're short-circuiting other people that we're supposed to impact that we're supposed to influence people that we're supposed to serve mm-hmm. we're not giving them the benefit of of the life that jesus had yeah so you know, uh, what you're saying and brian what you were saying it, it brings me back to what we were reading before in john 12 and, and 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 if you're not careful you can miss this but jesus says that if if, if the unless the seed dies right or it, it remains alone okay but if it does die if we do lay our lives down, it, it says much. it bears, in my translation, it says it bears much fruit. Right. The fruit is right. what you're saying. Right. The people, because exactly. I, I think that we can lose sight of we're, we're, when we get born again, we don't just get taken right up to heaven right right away. And the reason why is because we have a job to do. Right. We've got to bear fruit. I, I got born again because there were others before me who laid their lives, lives Amen. down, Amen. you being one of them, and many before you. Mm. And, and many... And those Many that in between did, that affected my life. Yeah, that laid their lives down. Absolutely. Yeah, and so how how, how can we lose? How, how can we gain um, that perspective and see like there are others after me? There are others after me. How how, how can I just sit back and not and uh, like it says, so to the flesh or, or so to I, my I, own? I think it's gratitude. When we have gratitude for what the Lord's done for us, yeah, that I believe will fuel that sense of, I want to serve somebody else. He served me. He went to the cross. He went to the cross naked on my behalf. The least I can do is serve somebody else. The least I can do is take myself out of the middle. The least I can do is serve my wife, serve my family, serve, in my case, serve our congregation. Mm -hmm. Um, It comes down to gratitude. It does. I think think gratitude is is the beginning of it, right? It's the the, um, ignition. But I also think you start to understand the idea of honor. Absolutely. And, and, and a really good example, I think, that, that, that rolls around in my head is I know that I want to honor God with my finances. But in, in my mindset, and this may not be everybody's mindset, tithing and giving offerings comes not only naturally, but comes easy. Yes, it does. But giving my time. That's a decision that's a lot harder to make. Absolutely. I, I believe that's that way for a lot of people. Um, it's easy to write out a check. It's easy to go online and pay your, you know, or give an offering mm-hmm. or bless people. But my time is my time. Right. And I think that's 
I think that's why maybe people don't see the results that are promised in the word when even they do what we're expected to do with our finances. It's because it's not doing it from the right heart motive. Right. Um, time is way more valuable than money. Way more valuable. Mm -hmm. Anybody can make money. Right. Anyone, any, you can sell everything you have and have come up with money. Mm -hmm. Your time your involves, time, I was going to say, your, your time involves more compassion. No, yeah, but you, you only have so much of it. Yeah. So that's a really good point. And I think that's the factor that sets people free. That's the, that's the trigger that sets people free when you decide, I am no longer going to live for my self-gratification. I'm no longer going to live for my self-fulfillment. I am going to throw myself into other people. I'm going to serve whoever I can. Of course, you know, within reason, you can't make a slave out of yourself and, and yeah. totally destroy your life, especially yeah. when you have family, you got obligations. But do as much as we possibly can to disengage that thing on the inside of us that only gets content when we get what we want and then just engage with other people's lives and serving them. So why don't we wrap yeah. this up and, and yeah, just... And, and I think you do get there through gratitude. Absolutely. I think that, that's I why think, gratitude is so... I think that's a so, good takeaway. Yeah, that, that's why gratitude is so important because it didn't, didn't really connect with me until just now. That Like, I always thought that, like, it's good to hear about gratitude. It's good, you know, when you teach on gratitude, it's good for me to hear a message on gratitude so that I could be like, oh, okay, my life's not that bad. But no, that, that, that gratitude is also supposed to spark something in us to go and... and play a part in, in, in somebody else's life for their good. Absolutely. Amen. So, yeah, I, I, I pray that those who are watching, those who are listening, that, that you, you guys are stirred up, that you guys maybe have developed a sense of gratitude and, and, and a sense of, as you would say, divine dissatisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Well, I didn't come up with it. Patrick came up with it. <laughs> no, I didn't come up with it. I think but, Paul came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, you know, like Jesus said, Unless we picture yourselves as, as that, that seed, unless we go into the ground and die, so to speak, die, die to ourselves, die to our preference and become alive to God's purpose, then we're, we're going to be alone. We're yeah. going to be alone in this world, uh, spiritually speaking. Um, but if we, we do die to ourselves, then we, as Jesus says, bear much fruit. Then we, then we get to see the, the unlocking of our potential. Yeah, and we absolutely. do get to see other people's lives change as a result of, of our obedience to God. And so, like we said, it, it starts with gratitude. And so we pray that this blessed you. We, we pray that this caused you to uh, maybe ask the Holy Spirit. I, I, I would say this. Today, whenever you listen to this, take some time today as you're praying and, and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, and, and in what way am I, am I getting this wrong? Help me, show, show me, give, give me some practical instruction of what, what's the next thing that I can do. Mm -hmm. Amen. So I think that that would be a good place to start for somebody. Amen. So, amen. amen. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Amen.